You're listening to Episode 3, Mr. and Mrs. Scott. Hello, darlings, and welcome to the Wake Up and Show Up podcast with your girl, your host, Portia Scott. This is a podcast with the mission to inspire and empower you to take your life off autopilot, optimize the power of your uniqueness, and execute intentionally in every area of your life. So first, I just want to thank everybody in the studio audience for joining us. I want to thank Facebook and Instagram. Thank you, guys. So I probably (laughs) So you guys can emote. Like, you can smile, you can laugh, you can make noises. So just for those that are going to listen to the audio, this may sound a little bit different because we are doing a live recording. So it'll sound a little different than what you usually hear. Um, so let's get started. I'm so excited to have our first house guest here on the Wake Up and Show Up podcast. Boom. This is someone that I actually share a house with. And so I've been sharing a house with this fellow for 13 years. He is a husband and he is a father and he is a global VP of a technology company. He's also a pastor. He hates introductions, so he's kind of looking at me in this way, like, you know, I don't like bios. So he likes to just say he is a decent human and a culture connoisseur. That's correct. But I wanted to have him on here because I know what it's like to have your life planned out, to have all of these things, but to show up each and every day in every of your life. So I thought the first house guest would be somebody that I wanted you all to meet. And it is none other than my husband, my boo, John Henry Scott III. Hey. <laughs> oh, stop it now. <laughs> so thank you for being on the show. So I know a lot of people don't know you, so yep. we'll go ahead and jump in and So one of the things that we always talk about, right, is Mm -hmm. that uh, you woke up this morning and you finished this sentence. Correct. I woke up this morning with the intention to do everything in my power to make sure that this day went as smoothly as possible for my wife. That was my intention today when I woke up. Excellent. And then today you will. Um do everything in my power to make sure that this moment goes as amazing as possible for my wife. And I think that really speaks to who you are, right? Like you are so into serving, whether it is serving your family or serving in corporate, serving Mm -hmm. the culture. And so that really speaks to that servant. Correct. So if there's a common thread that is connected to everything that I do, Irregardless of the role, irregardless of the hat that I'm wearing, it's that I get this incredible opportunity to serve people. And so I'm grounded in the fact that, okay, I'm a servant. So whether I show up as a VP and I'm in Indonesia or in Australia somewhere, whether I show up at home and I'm serving my wife as a husband or my kids as their father, if I show up at the church that I get the opportunity to serve as their pastor, as their teacher, I approach it through the dimension of serving because what that does is that grounds me that I don't have ownership over any of it, but I get the opportunity to enhance it, to walk through different seasons and journeys with it and do whatever I can to help add value to their experience or their life. 
Excellent. One of the things you said was, I get to. Correct. So often we say, I have to, right? Mm -hmm. I have to do this for the kids or I have to do this at work. Mm -hmm. But you have taken a different approach of, I get to do this. And so where do you think, has that always been kind of your premise as a servant? Like, I get to do this instead of, I have to, which changes the perspective, Mm -hmm. right, of how we look at life in general. Has that always been a constant throughout your life yeah for the for the for the most part yes um i I think it's rooted in gratitude and that gratitude is progressively revealed over time so as a child we're just taught do unto others as you would have them do unto you right and so i just try to be a good kid try to be a nice person But as I matriculated and I grew up and I got older and I started to experience different facets of life, my scope began to expand. Then I maintained the same uh, core rudimentary foundational tenets of who I am. And that's really in generosity and gratitude. So if you couple those two together, then that equals service for me and how I get the opportunity to show up. I'll tell a quick story. I remember um, we were, uh, maybe I was a sophomore in high school and there was this camp food drive. <laughs> there was this camp food drive. And anybody that knows me that's watching on the lives that spent uh, five minutes with me, then you'll know that I am arguably um, recklessly generous, Mm -hmm. right? So it's just part of who I am. If we go to a restaurant, I'm going to beat you to the check. It's going to happen. You show up at the house. I'm going to try to demonstrate my generosity. I'm going to try to serve you to the best of my ability. And so I was either a freshman or a sophomore in high school and they were having this canned food drive and you know, okay. So so you got the name brand canned goods, and then, and then you have the store-bought stuff, right? You know, I'm going to skip over the store-bought stuff, and I'm going to go, or the store, the store brand, and go for the name brand. So I remember we were having this can, and I was just so moved with compassion for the cause mm-hmm. that I went to the house without telling my mom, and I got all of her good Hormel chili, all her, all, all her good canned goods, and I gave them to the school, right, for this, for this canned good drive that we were having. But so my generosity and this approach to life showed up early on in my life. And I've just, um, I, it, it, it's something that's quite natural for me. One of the things you did talk about your childhood. So let's kind of start there a little bit. And so where do you think that that generosity came from? Like, do you think it was something just growing up with your mother and being a giver mm-hmm. and seeing that, like, where do you think that kind of stemmed from? hundred percent. I, I accredit that 100% to watching my mom. My mom is quite possibly the most generous person that I've ever met. And so I didn't grow up with the silver spoon in my hand, right? So my early young years from maybe one to six or seven were pretty tough. So I grew up in the inner city of South Central Los Angeles and my parents got divorced when I was three years old. And so at three years old, it seems like things begin to change. And I remember a vivid memory of us being homeless 
and living in a campground downtown LA. I had to be maybe around four or five years old. And I remember being in that tent and it was just a bunch of tents um, in this specific space. And I remember seeing the resiliency of my mom making a promise to us that days would get better. And so I just happened to be in, in my young naive mind happened to believe her. And so I started out believing her, but then I started seeing her. We went from being homeless in a tent at the campground to getting on welfare and, and being part of a Section 8 program where we were able to live in a motel. And then we went from the motel to my grandma's house for like, it seemed like a couple days. And next thing I know, we were moved out into an apartment. And everything that she had uh, uh, instilled in her began to manifest on the outside. So she used to, her her clients started coming back. She began to build her life over, and when she could have just pushed pause there and kept on uh, uh, just taking care of her family only, this is where I learned how to be generous and where I learned how to serve people because she became the big mama of the family. And so I've got a massive family. My grandmother had 11 kids. And growing up in South Central in the 80s and in the 90s, if you've seen Boys in the Hood and Minister Society and Colors and South Central, there's some truth to that. It ain't all trash, but there was some truth to our experience. But my mom was one of the most generous. She would take my aunts, she would take anybody into our house. Our house almost became like a halfway house rehabilitation center. And so here I am just watching this example of this incredible woman. And, and, and it's true, more is caught than what is taught. That is excellent. It sounds like your mom was showing up, right? Yeah, like she's the in real the deal. In the midst of this situation, I can only imagine because I think one of the things is that so was Janetta alive at this? Was she born yeah, at yeah, this time? Yeah, she was. She was. So that me. means that she had four children. Correct. Yeah. So it wasn't just you. So now we're thinking about a woman that mm -hmm. has four children that are on the campgrounds of L.A. And even if you go now, you can see what that looks like. And so still having the resiliency to yeah. say. I'm going to get up from here. Yeah. And then when I get up, that I'm going to pull those people with it's me. It's incredible. I don't know how she did it. It is fascinating how she can take the limited resources that she had mm -hmm. and use them to not only secure her home base by taking care of my brother and my two sisters and myself, but to expand that tent and to demonstrate love and kindness and selflessness and generosity, it blows my mind. And I think that being able to grow up with the gift of experiencing that as a child mm -hmm. shaped everything that I am as a man. Yeah, it's so funny. You you labeled it as a gift mm -hmm. where someone else would label it as a deficiency yeah. or something I didn't have. Mm -hmm. But you labeled it as a gift because you feel like that situation. And I guess to ask, is when you have these own your own situations in your life mm -hmm. where life doesn't pan out exactly how mm -hmm. it is do you go back to that moment and kind of be reminded of those lessons mm -hmm. that you learned in that span of time absolutely it's hard when you're in that moment right it it seems like this is the worst this yeah. i don't know what's going to happen this changed everything 
But what I've learned is that if you just keep living, you'll realize that it was, in fact, a gift based upon what it produced in you, based upon how it shifts our perspectives, how it reveals this determination, this drive. We sometimes don't know how strong we are until we need to be strong, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we didn't know that we can overcome a certain thing until that the ton of bricks have dropped on us. We Mm -hmm. hear these stories all the time about mothers whose children may have been hit by a car or that story where a car got, and the mom just found the strength to lift that car up. It's those moments that I believe we're gifted with in life Mm -hmm. that help to produce everything that I believe God's invested in us. So uh, it may not look like a gift in that moment, Mm -hmm. but you'll be able to look back and say, thank you that that happened. Yeah. I think let's come up a little bit, right? So this happens at three. Your mother does all this amazing things. I mean, Mm -hmm. she takes in these family members. She's even taken in children whose parents have gone to prison or to jail. Gone to the prison because they were having a baby picked the baby up from the prison, brought the baby back home, and raised it as her own. That is she incredible. She is the real deal. Yeah. And so seeing that, I think one of the things that we always talk about, right, I think that there's almost no way that you can grow up and see that. And for you, you kind of took it and said, I have this mother that I've seen show up. Mm-hmm. And I guess because in high school, right, and in, you've always been this amazing scholar, ish What's i like up? to say i'm a lot more disciplined than i a am lot. smart you do like to say that you do like to say that but the truth is you really are smart <laughs> and a couple with your smarts is your discipline so i will say for stuff you don't know your discipline really helps in in that area but was your i guess maybe your motive to be and do so well did it have anything to do with how you grew up absolutely 100 percent. right uh, we all have moments in our life that are defining moments. And early on in my life, I had a lot of defining moments, right? And so one I'll lean in is when I became a dad. When I became a dad, my my then, my my very first girlfriend, our second girlfriend, you know, <laughs> she how, don't know that. <laughs> how old were you? Uh, I was 15 years old. And I remember it was April 1st, 1995, that we went to the free clinic without our parents to find out that she was pregnant. And the responses were totally different. She immediately broke down crying and I jumped up and yelled up, yes, I don't know why in the world I did that. I have no idea, but that was the um, immediate response. So from that defining moment, Thank God I had already developed this rhythm of discipline. Mm -hmm. I've developed this rhythm of kind of having clarity with regards to where I want to go. I had an amazing, amazing community around me. But uh, I I just knew that I, I never for a moment thought that this defining moment is going to shift and change the course of my life. I never thought that. I never thought that, oh, I won't succeed. I won't be able to go to college. I won't be able. That never crossed my mind, but it could have. 
had it not been for the behaviors that were demonstrated around me, had it not been for the incredible community around me. I even had like, so let me paint the picture. Like all my, cause this is the eighties and the nineties now, you know? (laughs) And so we, you you know, your, your boy from the hood, that's just the reality. Your boy is from the hood, from South Central Los Angeles, before we moved to the burb. Mm-hmm. But all my peeps, you understand what I'm saying? Still around the Shaw, around, if you name a gang, we had some relatives <laughs> up in it. Bloods, Crips, Grape Street, it's all good. You know, and so, and so it's amazing that they were able to see the output of my discipline, the output of my rhythm and say, John Boy ain't going to be like us. And so they were, I, I can't tell you, they took care of your boy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just say that. And so it was that community around me that created almost like this barrier yeah, from the streets that allowed me to continue to stay focused on my education, on my community service, and on my dreams and goals ahead of me. I think one of the things is when we're showing up in our lives, when we're becoming present, it isn't just us, yes. right? It is having a community and that being okay. I think sometimes in the culture, we have this thing where I can do what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it all by myself. But you are evident that having that community, had it not been that community surrounding you, you know, being there for you when you needed them after even after the baby was born mm-hmm. and all of these things, do you think that your life would look a little bit different? Without that community? Without your community. My life will look a whole lot different. My life will look a whole lot different right. because at that at that age, what I knew. So when my parents divorced at age three, mm-hmm. my dad was moderately in the picture. Okay. Right. So he was in the picture sometime, but he wasn't in the picture for a long time. And so for a lot of people who's watching and, and people would understand that for black men in America, what drives us sometimes to be there for our kids is this statement here. I'm not going to do to them what my daddy did to me. And so I was driven to make sure that I showed up in my son's life, that I, I, I took care of him, that I provided for him. And so because that community of thugs, crips, bloods, gangsters, and I had pastors, church people, deacons, mothers, I had this shield of community around me that allowed me to stay focused on my future so that the life that I'm living right now, I am not confused. I didn't get here without those who are seemingly castaways. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for the castaways, I wouldn't be in the state that I am right now, right? I would probably, by default, have start slanging drugs, start doing whatever I had to take, had to do, because I was driven by the fact that I will not be to my son what my daddy was to me. And I guess people don't know this, right? But uh, you got accepted to every single college you applied for, except, except for one. Harvard, trash. Except for Harvard. And you accepted to go to? Stanford. Yeah. And so you go to Stanford, but you only stay there for a semester because of what you just said. I'm not going to be what my father was mm-hmm. or how he was for me. Mm-hmm. So you decided now to go into the United States Army. So you give up the opportunity, right, to go yeah. to Stanford and you take on another opportunity mm-hmm. to go to the military. Yeah. 
It's, I think we all have that. This is another one of those defining moments that connects back to the rhythms and the disciplines that I developed early on, right? Mm -hmm. In this moment, I had to discover a new path. It was not that I wouldn't go to college. It was yeah. not that I wouldn't get a degree, but I had to figure out another way. How can I take care of this boy and still go to college? And for me, the military was that avenue for me. I was going to be able to take care of my son and go to college. And by the, by the way, go for almost free. Exactly. What? So yeah. it was just a roundaway about going there. And I think sometime when you have that gifted decision, mm -hmm. that opportunity moment, that it doesn't mean that you're giving up something, Correct. but it may be a different path than mm -hmm. what we first saw. So I think it's, it's excellent to know that where is this 16 year old boy at now? Cause I think it's good for people to hear, right? A 16 year old mm -hmm. daddy. Well, where is, what's going on? Where yeah. is he at? Well, the drive, uh, the core of the boy is still there. He's just matured into a man. Mm -hmm. And so now that road wasn't easy, right? right? Because there are some things where my 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 age kept going, but my maturity didn't catch up with my age. And I think that that's a reality for a lot of men, especially in my case, where I was thrust into a situation where I had to immediately become responsible and think about other people more than I thought about myself. So I'm wired that way. But the problem is now when you are 22, 23 years old, you reach this point where you feel like you don't miss out on something. And so all those years when everybody was wilding out, you know, and, and doing all these things, man, I miss that. So you want to take a period and while out, you soon discover that that's trash too, right? And so, and so, and so you immediately realize, oh yeah, I got to pivot. I got to pivot. Yeah. And so then I started to take my life serious and the same behaviors and disciplines that led me to Ivy League, that led me to go around the world are the same things that have been an accelerator to where I am right now. Mm -hmm. I think it's those opportunity points, mm -hmm. right? That kind of led us where we are here because there was a jump for us, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't just one person making a decision, but when we kind of made that decision, started talking about, you know what, we are going to live intentionally. Mm -hmm. We're going to live um, and start to show up, be yeah. present, right? Mm -hmm. On that one day in South Africa on yeah. that beach, when I told you that, John, I feel so connected to you more than I ever have in my life. And then what did you say? I said, I feel this way when we're sitting at home drinking coffee downstairs. <laughs> Uh, but the pic, you got to paint the picture, right, babe? We were literally, um, uh, in Cape Town, South Africa, on the beach, stunning views in front of us, behind us, we've got table mountains, and we're having this moment. And yes. my wife is just talking about how she feels so present. And for me, in that moment, I didn't feel any different sitting on a beach in Cape Town you know, with the love of my life than I do when I'm stuck in Atlanta traffic holding her hand. Like I felt the exact same way because I understand that moments are gifts and that you are a gift. And so that shapes how I approach, how I serve you. So you can pick us up and put us in, 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 in traffic 
or you can put us at the feet of the Eiffel Tower at night when it's lit up on the hour. And I would feel the exact same way. And that was my wake up call. So um, as you begin to listen to episode one, this kind of wraps up all of that. And so when he told me that, when he said, I feel the same way as I do right now, I realized that I had been disconnected. I had not done the wrong things, but I was just not present. I was just busy being busy and busy doing life. And I was missing out on the opportunities to have those special moments and live in those moments, not just have them or be there, but really, really be there and have that intention. And it was from that, what you said on that beach that made the decision that I said, you know what, I'm going to start a podcast because I believe I'm not the only one that is just living Mm -hmm. on autopilot and not living Mm -hmm. for living and not being present and showing up for myself or for those around me. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just want to, I'm going to wrap it up with Mm -hmm. kind of this last question. Mm -hmm. Where is that baby that you had all those years ago and how is he doing yeah he's living his best life he's living his best life he is for me there's something about uh the first i love all my children equally but differently Mm -hmm. and my daughter's my favorite i think we know that because she's my only girl and so my sons know that but i love them equally but I'm very clear because I've got to give her away and I would never give her away if you're watching this future husband to someone that is trash. It's never <laughs> happening. You know, so you just go have to live up to the standard that I have set for her. Mm-hmm. So that being said, that um, that that amazing, magnificent young man who loves Jesus, who's figuring out his life, who is focused, who has not made me a grandfather, who has no record, who's got That's good right. credit, who knows how to save his money. Is he serving our country right now uh, in the United States Navy? And he's a nurse and he's living in Spain. And he is if, if, if there is a symbol that we can have of the journey that you can step back and look and see, you know what? I think I'm, I've, I've, I've done all right by this life that I've been gifted from God. I think I've done all right. He is, is, is a, is a, is a picture of that because I remember when I was 16, 17 years old before I got a car and I would be on the bus with my little baby in one hand and my fold up stroller, not the nice fancy stuff they got now, but my fold up stroller. And I would get on the bus and I would leave the hood and take the bus to Beverly Hills. And I would push my baby in that stroller and I would walk around the houses and the cities and things like that to create a moment that, that would help keep me focused, but also to expose him to what could be so it is uh it's it's a great blessing he's an incredible fantastic young man that has made me so proud well i want to say thank you first for being the guest on the wake up and thank you for having me our first house guest but i want to thank you for just being who it is that you are Mm -hmm. and having that amazing servant heart Mm -hmm. because i know that this would not be without my partner in crime my partner in love 
And so thank you mm-hmm. for continually and always showing up mm-hmm. for us. So as always, we end every show with this declaration. Waking up is automatic. Showing up is intentional. Today, I will show up. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you again for spending time with me today and listening to the Wake Up and Show Up podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe so you never miss a show. Leave us a five-star review and share with a friend or foe. You can follow us on Instagram at I am Portia Scott, Facebook at I am Portia Scott. Until next time, go impact the world.